Welcome to Point Your Toes, The Adventures of an NYC Dance Teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. That being said, let's get into today's topic. But quickly before we do, we want to say Happy New Year to yes. everyone. It's the new year, it's a new decade. Um, and it's also year three for Point Your Toes. Woo! Which is insane to me. I cannot believe we've been doing this for three yeah, years. Yeah, it at feels this point. crazy. Thank you for all your support. Yes, um, thank you, listeners. If you like the podcast, if you want to hear more, please, 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 we are always looking for topics and suggestions. Mm-hmm. Please DM us on social media or email us. Also, um, be sure to leave us a five-star review on mm-hmm. your iTunes podcast if you listen to it there. Apple Podcasts, um, Apple Spotify. Podcasts, Spotify, Google Playlists. Um, when you guys leave us reviews, that's how we're able to get more and more noticed and hopefully more and more awesome listeners and topics that you guys bring mm-hmm. to the table. Even our friends across the globe, we know that we are not just here in the States, which is even weirder to us mm-hmm. that we have listeners across the world, but you guys as well. You can also like, comment, and subscribe. All those things really do matter and they do help us in the long run. But Great. that being said, let's get into today's topic, which is masterclasses. And in particular, it's not just any old master class. You want to talk about the age and sometimes not necessarily the age, but the per- people being chosen for master classes. Mm-hmm. So we came across um, a post on a group that we are part of um, through social media platforms um, mm-hmm. for dance teachers. And we kind of want to share the gist of that post with you guys and then go through a couple people's responses and just kind of deep dive into um what exactly is the point of master classes yes. and kind of who who is teaching them or who should be teaching them yes um and so the original post is a dance teacher that was essentially like i she was holding her tongue because this is a topic that is very controversial and i will get into why it's very controversial with one of the responses um to the post but her original post was like she's like i'm seeing a lot of studios and theater companies on smaller scales, bring in unqualified people to do master classes. And she's like, in her version of unqualified, she's specifically talking about children, you know, people under the age of 18 or people fresh out of college, you know, fresh out of college, we can make an argument, slim argument, but an argument for, but specifically she was speaking about high school students or people in college coming back to their former studios to do master classes. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was just like, I just, I disagree. Um, And this sparked a very big, like, uproar with a lot of people because a lot of people feel as if that if you have reached certain popularity or you've, you know, done X amount of gigs, even at a young age, that qualifies you to teach a master class. Well, and I think that I think that a big part of it is. And I have seen this before and I know that this has happened. You know, I think a lot of times when you run into this, we're not talking about, you know, teenagers that are dancing on TV or in Broadway shows and stuff like that coming in to do master classes. We're more so talking about your, you know, superstar at your studio who mm-hmm. has won national titles and competitions, who now 
who is still in high school but wins national you know wins gold and platinum and national and highs and all of that and scholarships or your you know, they're in college and they're home for a winter break and they go to Butler or they go to Texas or they go to CCM mm -hmm. or so they're going to come, you know, teach a master class now. Um, and the majority of the post is based around that type of person yes. coming in to teach a master yes. class. So to start, I want to, for me, break down the point of a master class mm -hmm. because I have both taught master classes and taken master classes in this specific instance. And the point from the from a choreographer or a program director standpoint, the point of bringing a master class is to share the knowledge and information that a master has on a specific subject mm -hmm. that your students is studying or learning about. Mm -hmm. And so I have taken taken master classes from people that have been on Broadway, from Broadway performers, from Broadway directors, from Broadway choreographers, to film and television directors, film and television choreographers, you know, like all the people that are doing the things that I wanted to be doing when I was younger or like mm -hmm. now some of them I'm colleagues with, you know, we're friends with. So like I was taking from people that were in the footsteps of where I wanted to go. That is the point. As a student taking these classes, I wanted to learn from someone, I wanted to learn information that I did not have or information that was not readily available to me mm -hmm. on, a, on a regular basis. And that to me is why I have strong issues with this, like, you know, someone that danced at your studio from the time they were seven to 18 and then they went up to college and now they're back after one year of college to teach a master class. I have strong reservations about that. Well, because also, like, you know, that. similarly to you, whenever I have taken a master class, it is usually in a specific style. Mm -hmm. And usually it's by, you know, a quote unquote master in that style, which means that usually they're not based in a studio teaching, even a studio like Steps or Broadway Dance Center, or oh, a yeah. place like that, or Millennial or, you know, Playground or any of those, um, you know, drop in bigger dance studios in the big cities. Like usually it's not even someone that, will regularly teach there. It's someone that, right. someone you know, like, oh, run, owns a company, runs a company, um, choreographs for a ballet, choreographs for a company, choreographs for, te you know, television, Broadway, mm -hmm. just as Tony was saying. And so usually it is either a style you're particularly interested in or, or mm -hmm. you know, that path, or it's someone that you admire, someone that you would like to work with in the future, someone that you really kind of, you like their style in terms of, you know, it fits your own. It's what you mm -hmm. kind of want to grow into. And, and the class is just not readily available. Like, right. And that's thinking, what like, I was A lot say, of the like, master classes I've taken, class, right. it's not like I can take their class every no, week. No. And that's the thing. That's is not like, possible because they like, don't teach every week. There are all of these factors coming in. <laughs> yes. And then this person is in town at this studio holding mm -hmm. this master class, which is also usually traditionally master classes are like three hours long or something like also, that. yes. And you go and you get to have the experience of working with this choreographer or dancer usually choreographer which that brings up mm -hmm. another point that i i want to stress from the very beginning so like we've talked about this on numerous episodes on the show is that like technique and and working and and teaching on younger bodies is a very serious thing and i never want people want people to underestimate that because dancers can get hurt and injuries in your childhood will last your entire life if they're severe enough. Not everything your body will grow out of. And I'm dealing with that mm -hmm. now where I have a lot of 
adults on projects that I'm working on that have like, I've had this injury since I, you know, was seven or I hurt myself six when I was 16 during the Oh yeah, cracker. I hurt myself when I was 15 and it still gives me You issues. know, and so like, it's, I'm like, so when, um, if you're doing a master class, to me, it needs to be from a choreographer. Mm-hmm. Or a dance teacher. So, there are some dancers mm-hmm. that have the ability to choreograph and are dance teachers. And I think that is important that they have that skill that they are a dancer. Mm-hmm. Because again, I, me and Danielle are both, you know, we dance, but we're also we, choreographers. Right, we're also we both dance started at, as dancers, yes. right? Like, so, like, literally, I danced for a project and then the following month I choreographed for right. the same company. So, like, it's, we definitely do both, but as someone that, te- that's, that has taught and it's teaching, that is a certain skill that has to be cultivated. Yeah. And so having someone come in and do a master class, and in particular, you know, an advanced master class where you're doing advanced which is usually and, and tricks. Which what is what master classes uh, are. If someone's coming in and, you know, asking my boys or my girls to do aerials, I want to make damn sure that they like are someone that is qualified to teach aerials, mm-hmm. you know, and I just, aerials popped in my head because I was watching a video of a friend doing them earlier today. But like, I think of aerials just because like that can be twisted ankles that, you know, mm-hmm. like numerous, numerous injuries can come from doing something as, as complicated and as simple as an aerial. Right. You know, so I, I would strongly encourage People to be to be aware of these factors when inviting someone in for a master class. Ask for their bio, ask for their resume, and vet them. I also, yes. so I have yeah. taken, like, I remember, I, you know, being a teenager and um, watching So You Think You Can Dance and, you know, being young mm-hmm. in college and watching So You Think You Can Dance. And a lot of those dancers, at the time at least, during those first couple of seasons when I was still in high school, they would get to be able to get these contracts to go around to studios or stu- or studios would reach out to them and yep. pay them a pretty penny to come mm-hmm. in and yep. teach a master class. So I remember I did take a master class, quote unquote, from one of the contestants who was like, you know, in the top four, like very lovely. And I actually ended up, side note, years later working with her on a film where we were both dancers in this film. So again, like, there you, you go. You never know. But keep going. I have a great story about seeing you. But, um, but I remember like taking her class with one of my friends. I think we were actually freshmen in college at this point. And um, you know, it was fun. But the thing was like the thing about it was it was fun and it was challenging. But my friend and I who went, we were both dance majors. We grew up dancers. So we were like, sweet, we love this dancer from So You Think You Can Dance. We're gonna go take her class. And the class was fun, the class was great, and it was mostly dancers. It was like at some school, there's a lot of high school kids in it. But the thing was like, it is a clear difference of like who is a, who can teach and choreograph mm-hmm. and teach a class, master class versus being a dancer. Like the way that a dancer will teach a master class is they'll going regurgitate. To be, yeah, they'll regurgitate and they'll just, they'll show you and they'll say it in simple terms and like that's kind of it. It's just very and there's nothing wrong with that. When it's a when asterisk, when it is a professional dancer, not yes. a teenager yes. and asterisk. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that, but there is a very different way than I've taken master classes with some of these like crazy amazing choreographers. And there's listen you can pay and you can go to the master class with the dancer the professional dancer and you're gonna have fun but you're not gonna get out of it 
what you're going to get out of going to a master teacher and choreographer. Okay, so one I want to so I have no problem dropping his name because I'm friends with him. So I went to college and danced with Carlos Garland, who's like top twelve of one of those seasons of So mm. You Think You Can Dance. And so it's so funny, like how the hype that everyone kind of puts around the show. And again, you're in homes every every week, like all this popularity. And Carlos is a fabulous dancer. I don't want to take nothing from him. But like he's talked to me before about just being like, people will offer to like have me teach in places like this without ever asking if I can actually dance or teach. Right. And he would be like, he's like, and like, granted, some he but granted, we trained the same. Like I know what classes he took. Sure. He's like, he's a wonderful choreographer. Like his senior piece is still but one of my not, favorite works. But not everyone but, is. But also, no one asks. Like, that's the problem. Yeah. That, like, it's, he's like, so many people just, like, know me from the show, and that's all they ever need. They didn't ask if I can do, you know, if I know how to teach these things yeah. or, like, anything. He was like, or they all, they put him into the hip-hop box. But I'm like, Carlos is actually, like, yes, he's good at hip-hop, but, like, he's a fabulous contemporary dancer. Yeah. And I, I met do, him in contem- contemporary right. class. And I so do like, have to say, sorry, real quick, not to cut you off, but I do have to say, like, like <laughs> thinking about how you were saying, like, regurgitating just, like, yeah. routines and, like, and like they don't they don't ever ask you, can you choreograph? Yeah. Like, thinking, now really thinking about it, like, I remember when I took her class. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, okay, so I've watched her on TV, and she's done all these, like, amazing routines, and, like, her solos are great, and my friend and I took her class, and I remember we left being, like, yeah, we had so much fun, we're glad we met her, she was so sweet, but we were, like, that class wasn't hard, like, the routine was so easy, and it wasn't meant to be a super advanced master class, but more so it's because, and it it wasn't, it wasn't, we, I remember us talking about like it wasn't the type of routine we would think that she would do from what we see on TV mm-hmm. because she's not, not a world class choreographer. Like, like not every has. dancer is a teacher and choreographer, and there is no issue with that. But she, it was her doing her best that she could, right? Oh, absolutely. That's not her forte. Her forte isn't to choreograph dances and teach them. Her thing is to dance. To dance. Um, and so, like, and the, going back to the original post, the one of the comments made by someone, it was like, sometimes studios, and again, I, I always question these places. At the end of the day, I understand that your studio is a business. However, at some point, and maybe this is just me being the freelance artist that I am, there has to be a line. This particular response to the original post about people having young dancers as master classes. <laughs> It says, if you have someone that's super popular in your area or, you know, a local celebrity or even someone that's like a bigger celebrity, um, I think they they dropped the name like Maddie Ziegler from Dance Moms mm-hmm. and Sia and everything under the sun she's been dancing in. They're like, if she would agree to do a master class and you know your local studio could get people, could charge people $75 to $100 yeah. per person, they're going to do it because it's yeah. about the money. And a part of me is like, yes, you're running a business. Do what you have to do. Do what you need to do to keep your business running. But to me, there is a level of artistry that just has to be challenged. Like, too fair. I've never met Maddie Ziegler. I don't know her life. But seeing her work and the people that she trains under, I cannot see any of those kids offering to teach a master class because with them being in the industry at such a young age, they are adequately aware of what they don't know. And that's the one thing that I, that I would say when it comes to mm-hmm. master classes with your you know high school favorite or local favorite is that they they've not failed enough for me personally. They've not they haven't gone through enough ups and downs of this industry 
to to teach or to give enough feedback um, about what these kids are going to do. Especially like I just I, I always challenge someone that's in school giving a master class to other people in school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right out of school, I'm not, those aren't always my favorite master classes, but there's something, there's some merit behind that. Because I remember taking a master class in college with someone that was a part of the national tour of a chorus line. And my professors were kind of like, uh, we don't know how we feel about it because she, you know, she's pretty young. And at the time, we were all kind of like, yes, she is young. She's mm-hmm. only like two or three years older than us. I said, but two to three years from now, she's going to be, we will be her. We will be right. someone young and in this industry. So her vi- her advice is really great to hear. You know, so that's that's what I think of when I think of like a master class is like, what does that talk back sound like with someone that's in high school or college mm-hmm. talking to younger dancers? It's not It's not the same thing because like, I mean... I know when I go in to give master classes, and I th- we've done you know um, questions uh, questions episodes on the show here where we talked about like the random questions I've gotten when I've gone in and done workshops, let alone like master classes where mm. they're just like, how much do you get paid? What does the choreographer do during their day? Little things like like those are questions just about the business that I'm having to answer. Mm-hmm. That someone that's new to the business isn't really gonna have those types of answers. You no, know, like, I also think like I'm thinking of. I, I know this girl, and I remember that she um, used to go to this performing arts camp that I taught at, and I remember her being, like, her senior year, I remember her being, like, oh, yeah, like, I like I teach some of, like, the younger kids' classes. Like, I'll teach, like, the second, third grade hip-hop classes or whatever. An extremely talented dancer, but the thing is, like, like we said in the beginning of the episode is, Yes, she's extremely talented and and yes, she competed and she won lots of awards, but she's still growing and she's still learning Mm -hmm. and teaching little kids a routine because you won an award in a competition because someone choreographed a dance on you and you can dance it beautifully is not the same as, as being a dance teacher. And I also just think that especially because you're paying money for these master classes like you're paying money as the dancer to go to these master classes the studio is paying money to bring the master mm-hmm. to bring the master in it should be an informative master and um i don't think there's anything wrong with having teenagers be assistant teachers Absolutely. and help out I don't think there's anything wrong with, oh, you know, you have kids home from summer, for summer from college that have, you know, maybe are continuing their dance studies. Maybe they're dance majors or theater majors and they've been taking dance forever and you ask them to come in and give them 16 counts. Right. Like the 16 counts. Give them 16 counts of your dance. You know, the studio's doing a summer program. So you give them one one class of little kids to teach, right? That's fine. I think that those are great opportunities to learn how to be a teacher and how to be a choreographer and even see if it's something you're interested in, but to just have someone come in where you don't know who they are, you don't know their background, but because they have like basically this shiny thing, it's okay, is not going to help your dancers in the future or your child if you're a parent or you if you're the dancer going to the master class. So just to really like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I understand that it can be a tricky subject for some, right? Like, you might be like, no, but this person's super talented. But 
Master classes are master classes for a reason. Like we said, they're not supposed to be something that you can go right. to in all the time. And, well, and it's also like, I, I don't get why they're tricky. To me, this feels very cut and dry and I know people feel differently. Like, because I just, I, I keep going back to the idea of like, anytime I walk into a program where they're asking me to teach or choreograph, or like right now, I'm currently working on a project where it's a brand new project where they want us to choreograph something from scratch on new works. That's fine. I'm used to that. The problem is there is no audition. They're pulling our cast from a, their database. I We got to our first initial meeting and they were like, there's going to be 12 actors, singers, and 12 dancers because of rehearsal reasons because we're under a lab, lab hours, which is... Um, a 24 hour, 24 hour, 29 hour, 29 hours, 29 hour lab read, lab readings, which are mm -hmm. very common. You can only rehearse so many hours. So to not have anyone go over the rehearsal time, they're going to divide them after singers and dancers. I think that's a problem, but that's another story. When they told us this, all the choreographers, because there's multiple choreographers for each of the different, uh, uh, vignettes. They told this to the room of choreographers. All the choreographers' faces were like, cool, when's the audition? And they go, oh no, we're just gonna give you the pool of 12 dancers. And we were like, um, you want me to choreograph on dancers I've never seen before? Mm -hmm. And so like watching everyone's, all the choreographers' face processes, and then watching the artistic director like turn in horror, because again, they're new, they've never had dancers be a part of this lab or choreographers. So like watching her faces, all of our faces, and she was just like, did I do something wrong? And we were literally like, you want us to choreograph from people we've never seen before. Like that's right. it's exceptionally not, it's, hard. It, and this is, a, this is like, we're doing, this is gonna be a paid show in the end. Right. So we were like, that's not gonna work. Like I, I was like, I need to either hold an audition or I need video clips. Like right. I need to see the people I'm gonna put work on. Right. When I think of that, in a room full of choreographers, I can't help but think I'm a, a young dancer is not going, like, if they have a com, this is what I think about regurgitating. If they have this dance combo that they're going to come in and teach to everyone, they're not going to be able to look at this room and go, cool, no triple pirouettes. Right. Yes. No one in this room can do a triple pirouette. Right. Or at the end of the combination, like, I love doing a good, um, uh, a big, a big jump at the end of, especially if it's jazz. Typically, it, I love doing, like, a second leap or switch mm -hmm. leaps. But again, I can look at the room and be like, oh, we don't have that. Or three, we got it. Cool. It's a jeté at the end. And right. then if you get two or three people right. making a face, if you'd like to throw a switch leap or, you know, a C-jump or whatever else at the end because you got that, great. But for everyone else that's looking real confused, that big old pretty jeté is going to look just yep. as lovely. Because even... I'm even, a choreographer and a teacher. I know to make that adjustment. But if you're just regurgitating stuff, or again, you're a young, even if you aspire to be a choreographer, if mm -hmm. you're young and just coming out of high school or college, you're not going to know to no. shift and adjust. Because that's why, that's why we things. have auditions, right? So yes. that I can go, these are the people I want. This is my second tier mm -hmm. because I know that I can choreograph, what I want to choreograph, I can choreograph around these people or, okay, hey, Danielle, you asked for these people. I could give you these five, but then I have to give you these other five. There you go. Okay, that's fine. I've seen B set of five. I know that they're not as advanced, but now I can plan my choreography around that in advance, right? We had a whole, you know, episode where we talked about pre-production. Yes. It's those little things yes. that go into it. And it is so true. Like you saying, like reading the room, it is so true. Even the other day, I like taught my kindergarten or something like eight counts of their dance, thinking that they'd be able to do the move I did, right? And we got about like 
halfway into learning it and I was like, you know what? It's just the rhythm's too complicated. Switch it, we're doing this. And then it worked, but it is really hard when you are young. And even like you said, even if you aspire to be a teacher or a choreographer. That is a cultivated skill. It is a cultivated skill that we have learned over years and we've made the mistake before. So, And now, in a masterclass setting, you have to do that in less than 60 seconds. Right. You have to be able to, and again, and there are several big name choreographers that do uh, the big dance conventions, you know, every weekend. It's a big convention in town. Everybody yes. dance. Those type of master classes. They, too, have to look at a room and adjust and accommodate their choreography. Right. They're not going to end up doing happening. the same thing every single time because they have to. Or I love it when they'll be like, because, again, especially studios, y'all all use like 12 different words to say the same thing. But they'll be like, mm-hmm. juniors and minis. But then you'll have a mini that can do more turns than your advanced seniors and all that whole shindig. So, like, you have to be able to, like, reading the room in a master class is essential. Or to know, to have the the pre-pro or pre-production conversations with your, with the studio when you go in to teach a master class. Right. I love doing that because I'll go in for an empty master class. I say, cool, are they singers or are they dancers? Right. And they'll be like, oh, well, it's going to be a mix. You're just like, it's going to be, and this happens all the time here in the city. Because a lot of times the MT program will pay to come, have us come in. And then they'll realize that we're doing a dance musical. So they'll let the dance department sit in on the workshop too. So the, literally the last set of workshops I did were for Evita. But Evita has a huge dance break in it. Several dance breaks in right. it. So literally it was like, oh, we need someone. Like they put dancers in the workshop. So like the singers were like, oh, we really want to do the singing portion. And the dancers like, we really do the dancing portion. So on the fly, me and my MD were making, like we made stuff happen. Yeah. But. It's one of those things of when you're in a master class setting, you've got to be able to manipulate and do all this so that everyone that's paying an exorbitant amount of money, because like we, I'm saying $75, but like some of these master classes can get easily a couple hundred dollars for a weekend, you know, or for a day. So yeah. like it can get very expensive. So you've got to make sure that people are getting their money's worth. And so to have someone... To have a high schooler come in and teach a master class, I just can't see what have they mastered to teach. Right. And I think that that's like, <laughs> that's know, the thing. Like, I'm not, mean. right. Like, that's what I was just going to say. Like, I'm not trying to downplay anyone's ability because they're obviously. I started teaching young. There are, and there are. But like, I would not call my, at 30, I would not be willing to call myself a master. No, absolutely not. So like, I cannot. And I think that I have taught, like, especially in like the youth, the youth world, right? Especially in like the, you know, the children's and the, and the teen division world of what I do. Like I do, you know, I think that I've done it for a long time, right? I've, I've opened, I've started two different programs at two different charter schools, I have choreographed and taught at one of the most famous performing arts camps in the world. I have done many, many, many different, you know, youth theater companies all throughout New York. Like, I think I'm pretty good. So I could maybe, maybe pop into somewhere and teach a masterclass. But even in that, I still feel like there's more work to be done on my end. And that's, and that to me is why I think, I don't like this word being used for someone so young because I don't think they have the humility to understand what that word means mm-hmm. because I have met people that I would wholeheartedly call a master 
in uh, in dance and several choreographers. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm I I've met Jennifer Muller of yeah. the of Muller Works, you know, like, and I've I've met uh, David Parsons. Like, I've met huge people in the modern dance world. I've met you know people that have choreographed music videos for everybody under the sun. I've met two of Beyonce's choreographers mm-hmm. this and third, and all of them. If you go, oh my God, you're a master. All of them will look at you and be like, me, nah, I'm not at all. Like that, like a lot of them would just be like, no, there, I haven't yeah. earned that. I haven't done enough work to do that. And that is why I, that to me is when you're starting to hit the level of a of a master when you when that title is so disrespectful because you just know how far you have to go Mm -hmm. and that to me is where i don't feel comfortable that's why i don't feel comfortable giving it to someone so young because i think like i've done it i've gone on tours i've done several different you know projects over gigs over the years but i also currently work for organization where i'm constantly paired with i call them o-heads people that have been teaching or and dancing teaching choreographing for over 40 plus years mm-hmm. i have i work with five of them and two of them uh, five of them and the other division uh, that's in the dance is five of them in the dance world that are definitely old heads and the other two that are put in with our department they're in they're in martial arts but those two are are olympians mm-hmm. you know like and one of them i'm almost certain has gold she won't tell us and she won't tell us what specific thing in martial arts, so we can't look it up. But I know she went to, I know, like I said, I know mm-hmm. I've seen pictures of them in Olympic arenas. Right. So, like, when those are the people that, like, are on the same level as me at work, there is no way I'm comfortable telling myself a master. Because when I, whenever I mention a company that I want to choreograph for, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's blah, blah, blah. I worked for them for 10 years. And I'm like, great. Do you still have contacts with them? Would I right. be qualified? Like, so when that is, when that is the environment that I see and work with, calling myself a master at 30 does not work. Mm-hmm. So calling a 21-year-old just because they did one national tour. Doesn't make you a master. No, because I, it, do, it doesn't feel right in the sense of there's still so much more to gain. Mm-hmm. Also, I was um, mentioning this to Danielle when we were, um, before we started recording. I don't have, I'm not comfortable calling anyone a master that is not solely dependent, I shouldn't say solely, but that is not dependent on their art enough to sacrifice other things. And in that regards, it's like me and Danielle are dance teachers and choreographers. That is how we pay our bills. Mm-hmm. Like that is, we like, I, we make a living, one of the most expensive cities in the world, doing that. And only that. <laughs> and only that. Yeah. Sometimes it is definitely like, what are we doing? But it is, it is what we do. And so, you offering a master class when your parents are still paying the rent, uh, I'm a question how real it is to you. Yeah. You know, because like I said, it's it's all fun and games until you have you know, you can't go on vacation with your friends that are working normal jobs because you have to choreograph to make money. Yeah. You know, like so it's one of those things of those are the those are the issues I have grinding into like just a young person being like master class. I don't So that that brings me to my my next question of, you know, so okay, so we've talked about this, right? We've established like how we feel about the young person being holding Mm. a master class. But now my thing is like, so how would you tell someone to go about finding a legit master class or being able to decipher not a legit masterclass. I never want to say someone's is not legit, but like uh, how to decipher. Danielle's nicer than I am. How to, yeah. How to like decipher 
a masterclass that is going to be worth the money and worth your time and, your, and worth mm, your energy okay. versus one that like, like, okay, so now I'm a dancer. I know I'm not going to a masterclass taught by someone who's 12 to 21, basically. Okay, sure. Yeah. Whatever. It may be older than 21, but you know what I mean? How do I figure out like what is appropriate for me and what am I going to benefit from? Ooh, okay. So the first thing I would say is why take the master class, period. Because the big thing for me, is, and you've mentioned this before, is mm -hmm. like a lot of times when we take master classes, it's a style that is totally foreign to us. Mm -hmm. Or it'll be like, I, we've talked about an episode, like I, like I took a pole dancing class. I don't know nothing about no pole dancing. Mm -hmm. Um or it'll be like a different style that I have not trained in for years. Like me and Danielle, this wasn't even a master class. It was like a regular weekly class that you could take here in the city. But me and Danielle took a Horton class. Yeah. And we were dying. And everyone, yeah. was, everyone was like, but y'all did so well in the class. I said, oh, because I'm a dancer. So like dancer things happen. Right. I've but taken Horton be before, but not since college. Well, see, mine was, last time I took Horton, I, went, I did not go to a Horton college. We were definitely um, a release technique and a gram Mm -hmm. And Mar Ma Martha Graham and um, uh, uh, Paul Taylor. Like, we did not, I was not at a Horton College. So the last time Horton was on my body prior to this, this class that we took was high school. Mm -hmm. That was the last time I did a lateral. So my, I, again, dancer, I, I'm a professional. I made it through the class. But the next thing I was like, oh, muscles I don't normally use are dying right now. Mm -hmm. We were sore for like a week after yeah. that. Because I was like, I don't, I don't do Horton. So I would say... Like for me, if I was going to take a master class and it's like, these are the master class offered. Oh my God. Let me go take it in a style that I've never, like uh, MAGA, MAGA. There's another, that's an M name. I can't think of it. That's a style of modern that a lot of friends would be like, you would love it. And I'm like, okay, sure. Um, Alyssa told me about it. I'm going to need more. I can't remember the name of it. It's going to drive me crazy because she took it in her master's program and she said, you would really like it, Tony. I don't remember it. But, um, but if you're going to take a master class, going with a style that you've never taken before mm -hmm. is point one to start. Um, after you kind of figure out why you want to take a master class, is it to take a class, a style you've never taken before, or is it to take it with someone that you want to work with in the future? Mm -hmm. Is another big one. In the MT world, we do it all the time. Um, like lots of dancers would be like, uh, who's everyone on right now? Josh Peck. Jack yeah. Peck is doing a masterclass. Oh, my, yes. I want to get into that masterclass. I want to see, or uh, Sergio. Yeah. See the masterclass. Like, and that's per, and typically, and those guys are smart. Those choreographers are smart. They will typically do, um, teach a combination from one of the giant Broadway musicals that is constantly will be casting. Yeah. So like Sergio. So it works is it for Sergio? both ways, right? Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. like the dancers oh, yeah. get to learn the, co the combination and get to, work with them and they get to on the DL scope out Talent. the room or, you know, or, and it's one of those things they might not say anything in that masterclass, but like, uh, ain't too proud to beg, um, the 10 story of the temptations is on Broadway right now. And Sergio choreographed it. It was Tony nominated for it too. Yeah. Um, if he goes and teach a masterclass or he teaches a combination that is used in the auditions six months later, or like mm -hmm. three months later, you can be like, I already know this combination. So now they got a leg. So like, again, yeah. being a smart, being smart, a master class for him is definitely worth it. Um, so when you're, those are, again, things you want to decide when you're initially like, I want to take a master class. After that, 
Talk with people that has taken that masterclass before or worked with that person before. Because especially studio owners, if this is you, mm-hmm. ask around. Not This is why I say I can't be nice to everyone. Not everyone has a good reputation. No. It's some people that you have to pay a fee up front for them to even show up. Mm-hmm. And then you have to pay the other half when they get like all kinds of things like that. And some people, some uh, performer or artists do this to cover again, that fee up front might be what they're using to get to you. Right. So I don't want to knock that form of, you know, paying half now, half, like, half after. But, I, but also, like, some people have a bad reputation where they take that money up front and then never show up. Right. So, like, those are, I, you talk, call, I would be like to anyone that I'm asking to do a masterclass from or I'm paying to do a masterclass, I would be like, hey, do you have references? Yeah. Any dance, any, any artist that is not willing to hand you references, they is not, they're not someone you should I agree with. with you. I think, like, if you, not. if you were a studio owner or you work for a company or a school or whatever it may be and you're trying to have someone come into your space and do a masterclass, I absolutely think like even if you've seen them on TV before and you think they're amazing, I think it's always smart to just ask for their resume again, ask for their references, make sure it's all in writing. I think that's super smart. And I think that if you are a dancer going to take a master class, I think that even then so researching who the who the teacher slash choreographer yes, is like that's my next one. reading their bio online looking at their resume online looking at their body of work and even sometimes like even sometimes like not master classes but just like if i go take a drop Google. in at a studio oh, oh and yeah. i'm like oh, oh yeah. i don't know who this teacher is but who i want to take that style or this sounds mm-hmm. interesting i will literally google the the teacher's name and steps bdc alvin ailey because someone's always recording a clip of the class so i can go is this the type of class i want to take this is where i have to give social media credit and it's why we as as point your toes is so active on instagram the the entire dance world is on instagram and youtube yeah so like literally if i can't put a this is why i get suspect when people don't and this sounds so weird but it's not this if i can't find you on instagram or youtube as a dancer or choreographer i started to go uh, i don't know because i want to be able to see your body of work and mm-hmm. even when it's a drop-in class i'm immediately like oh oh i really like this combo yeah i'll go matter of fact the horton class that we took i saw his video yeah and i was like i really want to take this class come take this class with right. me, Danielle. but like i saw a body of his work and i was like oh this looks really fun Again, I knew it was going to be horrible. Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm going to hate my life. But like, I, again, I, just a simple Google research of five minutes. It's just, especially because if you are going to take a masterclass, usually those masterclasses are going to cost you, you know, it's not going to be your normal the drop in, right? The cheapest masterclass I've ever done in New York City was $328. Yeah. It's, they can really, that was the cheap one. they can really, really upcharge you because it's it's limited space it's first come first serve so you have to pay a lot to make sure you Mm -hmm. reserve a spot right it's not your average drop-in so making sure that that what you're about to do is really going to benefit you and you're not going to feel lost or defeated or any of those things i think is super important and so after like on top of like why you're taking it the research behind it the reason why i say talking with not just with references it's knowing what type of workshop it is that you're going to be taking yeah. because it's one of those things of like, I, for me, I am very fortunate. I think Danny, I, I have no problem putting Danny on this category too. We've been in this industry so long. I know certain business things that I don't need to be taught. Yeah. Um, 
I have a lot of friends that are playing in the off-Broadway market right now. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that are on Broadway, but yeah. I, have, like, I have a lot of friends that are like on the behind the scenes of the off-Broadway scene here in New York City and on the regional scene in the areas surrounding New York City. So I don't need a master class from a casting director in a regional theater or an off-Broadway show. I just did an off-Broadway show. Right. Um, so like I don't, doing a, you know, a master class with someone that I'm like, we could be colleagues tomorrow depending on how the universe aligns. Uh, I'm not really going to shell out that money, you know, or it's like someone or taking a, you know, because um, master classes often do include talkbacks, which is why that, um, fee can often be so high is because you are hearing a talk back. Right. So they're like teaching and you're dancing and then there's like a whole Q and A thing. Yeah. Um, so like I, it, you know, so if it's something like how to go to cattle call auditions or, you know, what to do at cattle call auditions, I may not, or cause like, I know I've done this before where you can do the dance portion and the talk back portion. I may do the dance portion, but I may not do the talk mm -hmm. back portion if the talk back portion is health and maintenance on tour. We just did a whole podcast episode on that. Right. You know, like I don't, I don't need that because I've been on tour before. Right. You know, so I not, I may not need that. May not be for me. Like it may be the dance portion was totally what I wanted, but I may not need the talk back portion. Right. You know, so I think you have to definitely ask and read and see see what the fine print fine print is. You know, or maybe where they're like um, this audition. Uh, not audition, this master class, they're looking to feature people, you know, feature people under them. It's going to be videoed. You yeah. know, you're going to have to dance and sing, you know, like that. Look into all those specific details that I just don't gloss them over and be like, eh, it's any old master class because I don't think it's, it, it could be a waste of your money, I, which I think I kind of want to segue into when we've kind of dropped numbers about money and things like that before, but like master classes are expensive. Um, mm -hmm. and studios doing them can sometimes cut the price or make it, you know, a little bit more accessible, but like master classes are not cheap in any way, shape or form. So you have to be prepared for, for that cost. You know, like I have some, I have some friends that are very capable of going to five and six master classes a week. Then I have some friends that are like, oh no, I cannot afford to go. You know, I can, again, like I said, I told you guys, 328 was one of the cheaper master classes that I went to. But then there are other times, like I said, seeing five and $600 for a master class is not unheard of here in New York City. And I know the same thing for LA. Right. You know, so like, it's one of those things I would like, you have to ask yourself, do I really want to take this master class yeah, with this person? Or it? do I want to wait two more weeks when the person that I really want to take it right. is going to be worth it? Because that is a real, you know, balancing your budget as being a choreographer and a dancer is in fact a real thing when these workshops are expensive. And it's, and it's okay if you um, miss one, right? So like, it's okay if that was too expensive and you miss one. It's not a make or break thing. Maybe you can go to the next one. Um, but I do think that that is something very important to keep in mind. I think that that's something that is more so like talked about in the acting world too. Cause like people have like these like master yes. workshops or yes, like this, yes, you yes, know, yes. two week on camera class by this special casting agent, which those cost an insane amount of money. And a lot of times, Last um, time I saw it was like 5,000 something. Yeah. It's, it's guys. really, those get really <laughs> insane, but you know, people will talk about like, okay, is this one worth it or not worth it? And I think that we don't talk about that as much with dance master classes. Cause I also think like, there's a ton of dance master classes, but it's not the same as like all of these like acting workshops and no, like no, 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 all no. these things. But just being like, again, financially doesn't make sense for you to go. And if it doesn't, 
that's okay. It's yes. not going to kill your training. Or no. like if a, if your studio brings in someone and they want you to pay all this money and you can't afford that, your child's not or you are not going to get not get cast in something oh, no. because most of the time if someone's coming into a studio to do a master class, they're not looking to cast anything. Yes, yes. And even if they are, you're still going to have to go to an audition. Right. They'll <laughs> like, just it, maybe it, invite you to the audition. Yes, like the right, like there's it's one of those things where like I've been in I've been in uh this wasn't a master class, it was a normal class where like there was like three or four of us that this lady that was taking the class was like, um, you guys seem really good. And we're like, yeah, we're all dancers. She goes, great. So I have this project that I'm working on. Like, uh, can I, can you my flyer? Like they're having auditions in like two days. I was booked so I can do it. My friends went and they were like, yeah, it was a full on audition. It was great. You know, like, so it's one of those things of like, yes, there is that one in a million chance that it could lead you to an audition that could lead you to the gig of your dreams. But like, don't, don't like break the your, bank. Yes. Yeah. Don't break your bank class. for a master class. You know, and it's one of those things of like they always if someone is really worth their salt, they will return again mm-hmm. the following year or you know, you will have another chance to to have their workshops because a master class again, they're not readily available constantly or they don't teach on a weekly basis, but they are around. Yes, you know, like 100%. I know um uh, Brian Friedman, he's a big name who constantly does master classes. He does not teach regularly. Well, he teaches at one of the dance conventions regularly. I do know that. But like, he's a big one. Like, I'll, you know, once a year, I'm in this part of the world. You know, so he'll be like, I'm in Shanghai for like these two weeks. If you catch him in those two weeks, great. If not, he's like, I'll be back in Shanghai next year. You know, like, yeah. One of my college professors is like that. Jimmy, he teaches in Russia and in India once a year. Every year. Yeah. You know, so like the, and again, his master class, that's why he keeps coming back because his master classes are so adored and it's like out the wazoo. But it's one of those things of like balance out that budget because we as dancers, I think sometimes unlike the actors and singers, we have to take care of our bodies. Mm -hmm. We have to buy shoes. We have to bear tights, leggings, like all those things like that. So don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of breaking, break words. Breaking the bank for a master class. It's just, I'm. Yeah, there's been plenty of classes that I've wanted to go to and workshops I've wanted to go to that I couldn't, just couldn't afford. Yeah. But I think, like, with the knowledge of knowing what the right master class is for you now and hopefully it's helped to decipher stuff. And again, like, it is totally up to you what's appropriate for you. But I think, like, with all this knowledge, it helps you to make the better decision of like what what is affordable what is not and what's worth your time yes and i will say i do kind of want to mention this as we kind of close out our our discussion on master classes is that something i don't want to say it's new i guess i just wasn't really aware of it until i moved to a big city like new york um casting agencies and dance companies doing master classes to legitimately scope out talent. Kind of like mm. what I was saying, what, what Sergio does, or a lot of, not just him, a lot of the big Broadway choreographers do. Um, don't, same thing, don't think those are the end all be all, because I've had friends where they're literally like, my agency is having a master class mm-hmm. where they're featuring several of the talent, but they want, like, this is their chance to scope out what other kind of talent and, you know, kind of do a soft meet and greet. Right in this masterclass type of workshop so they can see if someone's really standing out. Like 
those are not those are also not uncommon but those are also another thing to not go broke because this is your only chance to get in front of these agencies or you know this big director or what have you like those are all things that are possible but it's just not the end of the world if they don't happen you know yeah. and it, you may go to it and it may be absolutely great um uh, but the the big thing I want to say is that even if you go to a master class and you don't like it, it's also not the end of the world, guys. Yeah. I've taken master classes that I did not like. Same. And I was literally just like, oh, I didn't like this master class. That makes me sad. Yeah. I will say <laughs> that like, I will say that something that I feel like sometimes I didn't take as, as much advantage of in college as I should have looking back is I'm not sure... Um, about where other people went to school but where or go to school but where I went to school we would have people come in usually um two to three times a week a year and they would come in um choreographers and they would teach you know master classes mm -hmm. and then they you would you, they would usually hold an audition for a piece and set a piece and then leave and then you would perform that piece in a showcase yep. later on right yep, yep, that's yep. pretty stereotypical I think in in academia and dance yeah. um but there were, there were plenty of times where I didn't show up to the master classes because I felt like I didn't want to take class from that person or I didn't show up to the audition. Mm. Um, and then there were times that I did show up to the audition and either got in or didn't get in or, or showed up to the audition and didn't really think I would like it and got in the piece and realized that I loved it. So yeah. I think like yeah. for all of those out listeners out there who are in college, starting college and what have you and whatnot, um, I would say that like you're going to like I get it. Like I was a dance major, like you're tired. Sometimes you just like. They, they, they tell you, you know, they tell you like, oh, this choreographer is coming in to do like a master um, week of master classes. And you're like, it's not my style. I don't really care for it. I'm going to skip it. But if you can, I would say definitely take advantage of it because this is the one time in your life or one of the only times in your life where like you're going to get these opportunities that are they're coming to you. Mm -hmm. they're free and they're really yes. great experiences of going to a master class and learning someone's style and movement on the fly. Um, so I would definitely like, those are my parting words of, um, and I also think it helps you just to kind of more and more figure out what you like, what your style is, and also what kind of master classes you want to go to outside oh, of school. Absolutely. There are yeah. a couple people that guessed in college that I was just like, Oh, I didn't think I was gonna like this at all. I don't yeah, telling same. a couple of them. I did not think I was gonna like your style. <laughs> They're like, but you were so good. I was like, thank you, because I don't feel good in the other classes. Yeah. So like, it's yeah. I I could do a whole subject on like college things. Yeah. Um, and we have a whole another episode about you know college programs outside of the United States that will be coming to you guys soon. Yes, as well. with a special guest. Mm -hmm. But that leads us to our tip of the week. And so um, this section is just, again, a tip that we'd like to share with you guys about your lives and health and things going forth. Um, my tip this week is all about um, not underestimating your students. Mm -hmm. um, I'm currently teaching a step program right now that just got cut in half because we are challenging, because we are at the exact same time as the Disney program. Mm. The Disney program comes in and does the Disney musical with the students. It's like a three-year grant. It's this huge, of huge, huge program. My step program, what, it's not that huge. Um, but I went from having 20 kids to I'm, I'll say 10, but that number's still shifting. The program's mm -hmm. just started last week. 
um, as we've been in school for almost three weeks, dear Lord, New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the problem is, is that my students were not told by doing Disney, they don't get to do the other mm. programs that they've been doing all of last semester. So when we had them on Friday, which was kind of like our last day to say goodbye to them, I was like, oh, you guys no longer have step. And there were tears. Like I had crying children. And I'm like, literally my partner was like, what did you say to them? I said, they don't have step anymore because they have Disney on the, you know, the next time. She goes, no one told them. And I literally, I was literally like, they didn't tell us the program was starting. So why would they tell the children? So I just don't. Again, we are. I'm still dealing with those repercussions. I'll let y'all know in the next episode how it goes if I can. But it's just, it's one of those things of like, don't underestimate young performers. Like they know what they want to be a part of, and or or if they don't know what they're going to be a part of, give them the option. I just don't believe in. I don't believe in just forcing them into something because a whole bunch of money was paid out. And mm-hmm. like, again, yeah. if it's actually about the children, talk to the children because I'm right. currently. I created a program that they love, and now a lot of them are like, they don't want to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be one to tell my boss that, that this, you know, giant grant that she paid all this money for. Right. Not going to be the person. Or I might have to be the person. We'll see. So my tip is just don't underestimate them. Yeah. They're smart, intelligent people. Um, My tip kind of goes along the same line, actually. I came back into this semester um, having a couple of down days in all honesty and just kind of still reeling off of like trying to get back in the groove of, mm. of teaching and fight sickness. I still and, don't think I'm there. And, um, and I, I ended up switching up the um, format of my class because I just thought, you know, I was getting stuck. I was getting tired of the format. I felt like the kids were. So I ended up switching up my format and I was I was a little nervous that it would take a long time for it to settle in and they really picked up right away and they're able to now independently run the beginning of class like and I'm talking even kindergartners and then also this past week we've been hounding choreography their show they have a show coming up in um, early March so I've been trying to hound choreography out um, and get it completely set so that we have plenty of time to clean and then get on the stage and practice. And I have to say, like, I was insanely impressed this weekend how much they were able to pick up, how much they were able to remember and start to do without me. Um, And so just really, like, not underestimating them because especially as a teacher, everyone knows, like, we all get really tired and really stuck in December. And so being able to come back and see that like your work is paid off, like I'm super proud of them. So yeah, don't, don't underestimate them. Absolutely. So one more thing we want to mention before we close our episode. So many of you probably saw our Christmas posts on our Instagram account of pointed reindeer toes in a Christmas tree. Yeah. So coming up, and we'll have the details a little bit more, where we just kind of want to drop the initial idea to our lovely listeners out there of a point your toes photo contest. So we'd love to see photos of you guys pointing your toes all over the place, be it at the beach, the pool, the dance studio, the classroom, at work, wherever you find yourself listening to or dancing to, we'd love to see you point your toes. We'll have details coming in, I believe, two or three episodes for you guys. Um, we kind of have to get back in the swings of our podcast ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'd love for you guys to join us as we create our little yeah. point your toes challenge. And so if you are pointing your toes, like Tony said, wherever you may be, work, at home, in the Anywhere. shower, 
on the subway, in your car. Oh yeah, there will wherever, definitely be points for creativity. Wherever there. you may be, um, you know, post it on social media, tag us at point at point PYT mm-hmm. on Instagram or Facebook, um, DM us with your photo. We will repost it. Absolutely. And like Tony said, in the next coming episodes, we'll have some more details on exactly what our little challenge and contest will involve. But if you've got those photos, you can go ahead and start sending them and we will repost. Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that, episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. You can find us at on at point PYT. On all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher.